Broadcasting live from the KVXL studios at Liberty Baptist Church in Las Vegas. Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. The Frittle Show with Crystal Heath. I've said that we must be cautious in claiming God is on our side. I think the real question we must answer is, are we on his side? Faith, family, freedom. For me, it's very simple. I think we've got to... We've got to get the country back on the right track with the most inspiring agenda. A voice in the desert. Now, here's Crystal Heath. And hello, Las Vegas. How are we all doing today? Hope you are fantastic. Hope you join us for church tonight. If you are here in the city, you can find us at 6501 West Lake Mead Boulevard. You're listening to The Frittle Show on 101.1 FM Experience Liberty Radio from Liberty Baptist Church. I know that's that. That would probably be why I promo it. <laughs> that's what happens when your uh, mouth is moving faster than your brain can process. Anyway, da 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 da. It is inauguration week. Tomorrow we are going to be looking in depth at Donald Trump's cabinet picks and uh, what we anticipate that he will do in his first little bit of time in office. First year is really his time to get things done. So we'll see. We'll take a look at all of that tomorrow. We'll also tomorrow, we're going to have the president of the March for Life, the annual National March for Life that happens in Washington, D.C. The president is going to be here with us and we'll be speaking with her at the bottom of the hour tomorrow. Uh, And then on Friday, obviously, is President-elect Donald Trump's inauguration. It will happen after the show airs live at 7 a.m. Pacific time, so we'll see what we do with that, because if you're listening to the rerun, then it will be old news, and you'll be like, why isn't Crystal talking about the inauguration? Well, because it hadn't happened yet when the show was actually live. So before we get into all of the what is coming up, let's take a look back at some things. Let's see what's been happening with the current president, Barack Obama, in the past uh, few weeks. Oh, and by the way, we have our friend Hope and her husband Josh are going to be here in just a little bit to greet you all. She came back from sunny yet snowy Minot, North Dakota for a visit, so we'll have her and we'll talk with her about um, probably snow, I'm guessing. (laughs) We'll see. All right, so to start things off with our where we are at now segment, Sonny, one of the Obama's dogs, apparently bit a White House visitor. And the White House is now defending Sonny and Bo, that's the name of their two dogs, after the biting report. This is from The Hill. President Obama's top spokesman defended the first family's dogs after a report last week that one bit a young visitor. White House Press Secretary Josh Ernst refused to confirm the report, but said with a grin that, quote, Bo and Sonny have been genuine ambassadors to the American people. The comment elicited laughter from the reporters assembled inside the James A. Brady press briefing room. They've represented themselves and their country quite well, a smiling Ernst added. Okay, I don't know why you're asked about a dog that bit a child. This a girl went to visit, I'm not sure if it was Sasha or Malia, but she was a friend, she's a friend of the family, she's there visiting, and uh, Sunny uh, bites her on the face. And the girl posted on her social media, and uh, the, the press corps asks the press secretary if this is true, and he responds with, Bo and Sunny have been genuine ambassadors to the American people. 
I'm sorry, you're being asked about a dog biting a child. Um, I, and then the press corps laughed. Like, this is not... This is not something that you laugh about. Now, do I think that we need to make a huge deal about it personally? No, because you know what? Kids and dogs, sometimes accidents happen. My dog has, quote unquote, bit me because we play. She's a puppy and Sonny is a puppy. So um, it's not shocking to me because if you're roughhousing with the puppy or, or they're just super excited to see you and they jump up or whatever, it's, you know, accidents happen. With dogs now, there are some dogs that it's not accidents. I was at the dog park, uh, I think it was last week, and I saw this one dog literally attack this other dog and try to rip its ear off. There was blood; it was horrible, and that dog needed to go away. Um, but there's there's a difference between dogs that are aggressive and vicious and dogs that are playing and accidents happen. And I, my guess would be that this was accidental. I believe also that the White House physician did look at the girl and she needed a couple of stitches, but that she is going to be okay. She's going to have a a little scar, I think on her cheek is where she was bit. Um but apparently Sunny's misbehavior has gotten her press in the past. In late 2015, First Lady Michelle Obama said the Portuguese water dog can be naughty, telling children gathered for Christmas celebration that Sunny wasn't entirely White House broken. Because you know what she does sometimes? She leaves the kitchen and she'll sneak and she'll go poop on the other end of the White House. That, that is not appropriate. It's the White House. You have so many staffers. Somebody should be training the puppy. Like if I can train my puppy by myself. No help. No assistance. No chef. No executive assistant. No scheduler. No driver. No security, no nothing. Just me. Just me while doing my job. Now, I get that he's the president. But you've also got the first lady. And you've got the two kids. And you've got your your White House staff. Plus all of your assistants. Plus your personal chef. Plus, I'm just saying, probably somewhere in there, we had enough people to help train the dog so that the dog wasn't uh, leaving his business inside the people's house. Or maybe we need to install a doggy door. I'd be okay with that. I'm okay with installing a doggy door in the White House. I would even, well, I was going to say I would volunteer my tax dollars to do it, but I would want to know who we are contracting to perform this service first because my guess is they would want to pay much more than what would actually be needed if we hired just a like a normal person to... Uh, to, to install that. But anyway, so that is the latest breaking news scandal, if you will, for the president that says he has had no scandals. Your, your dog bit a White House visitor. But, you know, uh, really, that is on the bottom of the list. I could go into other ones, but I'm not going to. Uh, instead, let's talk about this fun little fact. Last week, President Obama gave what he said was his last Presidential Medal of Freedom. Although, uh, last year... He gave away 21 of the medals in a ceremony which he had then said was going to be the last Presidential Medal of Freedom ceremony. So, you know, I wouldn't be super shocked if Friday morning we had, you know, a couple more to give away, but we'll see. But apparently, as of right now, Vice President Joe Biden is the last Medal of Freedom recipient uh, that will be awarded by President Obama. 
Now, interestingly, someone's done the research and discovered that a majority of Presidential Medal of Freedom recipients under President Obama just also happen to be Obama donors or celebrities, and most usually they are, in fact, both. Would you like a few examples? Because I'm about to share them with you. Uh, Number one. Billie Jean King. In 2009, Obama delivered the medal to Billie Jean King, a woman's tennis star famous for winning the Battle of the Sexes tennis match in 1973. King, by the way, has also become a gay rights activist, and she just happened to give $5,000 to the Obama campaign in 2012 and $5,200 to Hillary Clinton last year. Then there's Toni Morrison, the author. President Obama gave her the Presidential Medal of Freedom in May of 2012. What is she best known for? Her controversial book, The Bluest Eye, came under fire when it became uh, added to the Common Core reading materials list because the story features graphic descriptions of child rape, incest, and molestation. She endorsed President Obama in January of 2008 and gave him $3,300 that year. She gave him $5,000 in 2012 and Hillary Clinton $2,700 last year. You can find all this on pjmedia.com, by the way. Uh, Then, of course, there is President Bill Clinton. We could argue whether or not he is a celebrity. I would argue uh, yes. While he didn't directly donate to the former president... He hosted at least three fundraisers for Obama in 2012, one of which brought in $2 million for the president's campaign. Then there's Oprah Winfrey. Uh, (laughs) She was one of his first Medal of Freedom recipients. And she gave Obama $2,300 in 2008, $5,000 in 2012. Meryl Streep. You may have heard her name recently. In November of 2014, uh, she was given the Presidential Medal of Freedom. She endorsed President Obama in 2008 and 2012. She gave him $5,000 in the 2012 election and $2,700 to Clinton last year. Um, Let's see. Who else? Barbara Streisand. 2015 Presidential Medal of Freedom recipient. She gave $4,600 to Obama's campaign in 2008, 2500 in 2012. Steven Spielberg, possibly Hollywood's best-known director. He is, of course, behind uh, the mind behind Jurassic Park, Schindler's List, Saving Private Ryan, and so many others. 2012, he gave $1 million to a super PAC supporting President Obama. Campaign donations, $4,600 in 2008, 5000 in 2012. Then there's James Taylor, songwriter. He gave Obama $5,000 in 2012 and called him the best president, no, greatest president ever. Tom Hanks, $2,300 to Obama's campaign in 2008, 2500 in 2012, and 2700 to Hillary in 2016. Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan threw a $3 million fundraiser for the president's campaign and sent fundraising emails on behalf of the president. He was awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom in 2012. Now, I could keep going. Believe me, the list goes on and on and on, but we don't have time to just keep going through this. But I wanted to give you enough 
that perhaps you can see a little bit of a trend. Personally, I think when we give out Presidential Medal of Freedoms like this, um, I'm not saying that Jurassic Park and Saving Private Ryan aren't fantastic movies, but I don't see how that equates with getting a Presidential Medal of Freedom. The highest, the highest civilian honor that a, uh, that an American citizen uh, can receive. It's comparable to the Congressional Gold Medal. And it seems to me that we have been giving them out willy-nilly under this past administration. And it appears that if you are Hollywood famous and or probably both have given money to the president, that puts you higher on the list to receive such an honor, which in my personal opinion is not right and hopefully will be remedied under the next administration. But what outrages me more, this is this is the most, I cannot believe that this just happened, okay? And I'm not even sure what to call it. This is your, your gift on the way out of the White House to who? I don't know. And honestly, I was rather surprised by this with all of the talk about how we we are welcoming and we are accepting and we are uh, we need to embrace immigrants and those that need our help and especially how much leftists really seem to embrace that mantra. Well, President Obama has changed U.S. policy and will no longer offer a path of citizenship to Cubans who escape that communist regime and make it to America. So, <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm going to need to not comment because I will, I will start on a tirade that we don't have time for. So I'm just going to read, this is actually from Fox 5 right here in Vegas uh, by Juan Zamorano. It took three months for Gabriel Marine and his wife, Yancel, to make it from their home in eastern Cuba to a migrant shelter in Panama's capital. The goal was the United States, and now the door that spurred their odyssey has slammed shut. Hundreds of people like Marine were stranded in transit in South and Central America on Thursday when President Barack Obama ended the so-called wet-foot-dry-foot policy that since 1995 has created a path to legal residency for thousands of Cubans who touched U.S. soil. Marine and his wife were among 53 Cuban migrants at the Caritas shelter in Panama's capital when the decision was announced. Most had arrived in recent weeks after slogging a similar route that involved a flight from Cuba to Guyana, followed by traversing the jungles of Brazil, Peru, Ecuador, and Colombia, and finally a grueling hike across the Darien Gap into Panama. This has left us frozen in total limbo and sad because it wasn't worth risking everything. It wasn't worth risking our lives. We can just wait and see what Trump can do, Marine said, holding out hope that President-elect Donald Trump could reverse the change as part of a desire to dismantle the recent um, conciliation between the United States and Canada. Journalists arriving at the shelter seeking reaction conveyed the devastating news. Some of the Cubans sat in stunned silence while others moved anxiously from one floor of the shelter to another with moist eyes. Asked if they would now return to Cuba, a small group of the shelter's patio chanted that they would not return dead or alive. The most animated among them was 26-year-old Yancy Diaz, who left Havana in September with her mother and daughter. In Cuba, we were harassed by the authorities. Now we can't think about going back. Someone has to help us get out of this. 
The wet foot, dry foot policy has irritated Cuba's government for years, and it was and its and its end was negotiated for months. From one day to the next, Cubans migrant Cuban migrants to the, wait Cubans migrants to the United States went from a special class with special privileges to just like everyone else, following the dangerous migrant routes through Central America and Mexico. Cubans can still request humanitarian relief, but they have to press pass a credible fear process and present documentation proving they face a real threat in their country. The outcome is far from certain and can include lengthy stays in detention. Failing that, they will be deported in many cases to an island where they sold their homes and possessions to fund the trip. So, we could talk about communism. We could talk about Cuba. We could talk about why this policy was enacted in the first place. But what I don't understand, the big thing that I don't understand here, is why we are so pushing for uh, to bring in Syrian refugees and refugees from the Middle East that we have no litmus test for, that we cannot process properly, that we do not have the personnel uh, to be able to get them even into the country, let alone put them on a path to citizenship where uh, they can obtain good-paying jobs, where they can become productive citizens. We, we, we're pushing that. Not even a passage. Just, just, just let them come. We're not... Uh, we're, we're protesting the idea of building a wall to keep out illegal immigrants that would come here and would not obtain citizenship and yet would utilize taxpayer resources but we're we're not wanting to stop that but what we do stop is one program that we have that is actually helping families that is actually helping people live out the american dream that is helping people flee a a a dictatorship and that enables them to not simply come here, but to come here the right way, to come here and become a citizen, to become, to come here and be able to get a job and become a productive member of society, to pay taxes, to do it the right way. We have a process that's working. And while you're pushing everything else for the systems that don't work, for the systems that are extremely dangerous because we cannot vet and we have no clear path to citizenship for them anyway we're going to push that push that push that say we want to bring in hundreds of thousands of these immigrants that we can't handle that we don't know what to do with and that oh yeah a bunch of them want to kill us because their religion tells them that that's how they get to heaven and get virgins if they do we want to bring them in, and we're going we're gonna to push that policy as much as we can. But then on the other side, we have this policy that's actually working with a legal path of citizenship for Cubans. And on his way out, President Obama is like, you know what? Wash my hands of that and that program. No. No more. The two do not compute to me. Something doesn't line up. Something doesn't mesh there. Do I believe that we should help people that are in need? Yes. Do I have time to explain the difference between whether the church should help people in need or or the government should help people in need and where the difference lies and if there's persecution, then does it become a government issue? I don't have time to get into all that today. All I wanted to do today was lay out for you 
what is happening, what has happened, and let you take a step back and say, hmm, where is it that these policies actually fall? And if what they're saying about these people they actually believe, then how is it that they don't believe it about these people? And what do I actually believe about immigration and about people that flee these regimes? And if I'm okay with this side, then why am I not okay with this side? And can the two be reconciled? I don't want to answer that question for you. I want to make you think. I want you to answer that question for yourself. Because we need to do more thinking in this country. It's so easy to sit and be spoon-fed what we should think from one perspective or another. But very rarely does anyone reporting the news simply present to you what is going on and say, now you figure it out. Here's what's happening. What do you think? And that's all I want to do. I want to know, what do you think? You can tell me on Facebook or Twitter. You can find me at The Frittle. Let me know what you think. I'd love to hear it. And let me tell you about one other thing. This is much more, this is much more exciting. I want to tell you about Mario Giannini State Farm Insurance. They're one of our sponsors here at KVXL. They offer all types of insurance, which is not limited to, but includes auto and home and life insurance. Basically, if you have something that can or should be insured, they can probably help you out. And if you mention KVXL when calling Mario Giannini State Farm for a no-obligation insurance quote, they're going to donate $10 to Experience Liberty Radio for every uh, quote. So you can reach Mario's team at 702-982-3300, and we'd like to thank them for the their faithful support of our weekly programming. All right, we have to take a break. I'll be back in a few minutes. We'll have Hope and Josh here, so that will be fun, and you do not want to miss it. So for now, here is Christian Stanfield with Even So Come. Don't go away. One, two, three. All right, welcome back. We have our once special friend that used to come and visit us all the time. Still special friend. She just doesn't visit us anymore. What kind of special is that? The most special of specials. Like this special only one time. I'm only special one time. That's what she said. I, yeah, it should be no. like this I special, think special. special. All the time. Oh, you see how sweet he is to me. Oh, he is so kind and loving. He is kind and loving. So you you ran away and left us. You went up to Minot, North Dakota, which is in the middle of nowhere. Nowhere. Yes. Hmm. And in it's case snowing you're wondering, there. Yes, it is. It, it's snowing there literally twenty four seven all hmm. the time. Have you made any snowmen? I did. I actually made an Olaf. If you go on, really, yes, it's very. It was very cool. And then, what we like to do more than build snowmen is because the snow, the are they're called snowbanks, right, honey? What? The the big piles of snow. Uh, yes. So you have these big piles of snow, and they're called snowbanks. Uh-huh. Some of them can be like taller than Josh. Like they can be like seven, eight feet tall. So we'll go into these. We'll find these big snowbanks, and then we'll make tunnels in them yes and so we've done that about three times we did it once with a little girl um and then we did it two other times by ourselves because we couldn't have a kid there to make an excuse to say that the reason we were building the snow house <laughs> was yeah so we did it for our dog freedom that's brilliant the whole t- the whole reason we i were bet he it. loved it yeah it wasn't just because we wanted to go play in the snow now do you sled down them as well do you tunnel in them and sled on them um you can like roll on them but there's not a lot of actual hills in North Dakota, so there's not uh, a real sledding hill. Well, in Minot. In Minot, yes. You have to go drive a ways to get to 
So there's a like two or three hours away from us. There's places where you can go skiing and uh-huh. stuff like that. And we might do that at some point. But I didn't introduce Josh. Your oh. husband Josh is here. My husband yes, Josh is here. Me. He's the best. Is He's he so the best? handsome? Doesn't he have a good voice? He he has a fantastic radio voice. I, yes. I love listening to his voice. Say something. Hello. Isn't it so nice? So <laughs> handsome. <laughs> can um, a voice be handsome? Oh, his is. I don't know about anyone else's, but handsome interesting. Is a physical characteristic. So it's a physical characteristic of your voice. Hmm. Our voice is not physical. Uh, you cannot touch a voice. But you can cut the vocal cords. So you're you're you have <laughs> handsome vocal cords. <gasps> you have not seen my vocal cords. I assume they're handsome. <laughs> Anyway. All right, so we just, uh, I'm sure we're having a marriage adventure weekend sometime if you guys want to go there and learn more about vocal cords. Oh, that would be fun. Actually, that's one thing that I would really, someday in the future, Josh and I would like to go to a marriage conference like that. That would be really fun. We got to hear the tail end of... The Family, family Life, Life Conference. Conference. but That, that was, only... was fantastic. Really? Yes, uh, very we, good. I really wish that we were here for the whole thing. We were only here for the last day of it. So mm-hmm. we got to hear uh, Pastor Redlin. Um, I got to hear um, Trina? Tina. Tina. I got to hear Tina, uh-huh. Pastor Jackson, and then I got for the discussion board thing, which was awesome. That and who was did you hear? Good. Matt Tice. You heard Matt Tice. So we were together Was he with any Pastor good? Redlin. I've heard Rick's mixed reviews there. Mixed reviews? Yes. I thought it was good. Good? Okay. All right. There's a uh, little bit about uh, Christmas cookies, liking them too much. Hmm. <clears throat> hmm. There's something, there's something that we discovered here in Las Vegas that we might like too much. What's that? We've been going to... So last night we went with Josh's sister. She came in town. Uh-huh. Um, and we went to this place called Container Park, which if you are here in Las Vegas and you haven't gone to Container Park, you should. It's really, really fun. It's like specifically downtown container. Yeah, park. it's called downtown Container Park. I don't know if there's another Container Park, but that one specifically called downtown Container Park. So when you put it in Google Maps, that's what you have to type in. So what is what is Container Park? So it's all of these downtown Container Park. Downtown <laughs> Container Park. All of these, all of these different, um, you know, like the containers you see on choo choo trains. Like those yes. big containers that carry stuff. Yeah. Well, um, after a while, they are not useful anymore. So uh-huh. they have to just throw them away. And that's, you know, that's bad. It's wasteful. Mm-hmm. So these people, someone, actually, I heard that there was someone who goes to Josh's church. Um, Southern Hills. Yeah. Meaning Josh, your brother. Yeah, Josh, my brother's church, who actually helped design these buildings. Oh, very cool. Um, they, t- they took these old shipping containers and they made them into shops, into stores. And they have... Um, a playground down there. They have this huge praying mantis that's made out of all recycled material that shoots flames out of its head. Oh, it's really cool. That's we, a very Las Vegas thing. It's very cool, actually, and it's yeah. free just to go in and walk around. But in that place, there is this popcorn shop. What's the popcorn shop um, called? Uh, it's uh, Kettle Corn Popcorn Shop. I don't know the name of it. But they have. That's the only one in there. Yeah, it's the only popcorn shop in there. They have fantastic popcorn and fresh squeezed lemonade and if you're vegan i know there's a couple people who listen to the radio who are vegan Uh there's a really really good vegan restaurant josh and i went to that vegan restaurant right right before the show actually and we had um we had the vegan restaurant they have breakfast lunch and dinner so it's really really good why are you laughing at me? She's just, laughing at me. Well, uh, the first off, the fact that you said there's a couple vegans that listen to the show. I mean, it, I thought it was nice that you 
made an effort to speak to them specifically. Everyone feel included. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I was vegan. I was vegan for like six months. And, you know, there's not a lot of people who promote being vegan. And that's it's true. You know, it's true. the strongest person in the Bible was vegan. But, mm. I mean, besides Jesus, I'm talking about Samson. Samson, Samson was, was a vegan. Well, actually, I guess he was vegetarian because he ate honey but he was he was a vegetarian he didn't eat any type of raw meat john the baptist he would have been vegetarian um be- do locusts count oh well that's a bug i don't know do vegetarians eat bugs because well he was a nazarene and nazarenes weren't supposed to touch anything and then that we could get dead. into were they actually locusts or were these little things called locusts that are like the seed from a tree yeah it could be a it could seed be those we don't know. There, that's true. So since my assumption, your is husband since is shaking was, his head at me. Since he was a Nazarene, I would assume he's not allowed to touch anything that's dead. Do bugs count in that? Unless he know. was eating them while they were alive, and then they well, weren't actually he can't dead. Touch anything that's dead, as soon as he chopped down any plant, that plant is now dead. I think it's it's, it's specifically talking about the animal, not. But a then plant. we could say, do insects have souls? Oh, I don't know. I but hope then, not, because I kill a lot a of them. Lions don't. I, I, do dogs they? Dogs do, because they all go to heaven. That's Aww. it's true. Freedom's going to go to heaven, and so is his liberty. Yes. That's our dogs' names. We like our dogs. Yes, we do. And they like each other. They do, but they're, they're not allowed to get married. No, because, well, we won't go there. Anyway, so how have you enjoyed your stay in Vegas? Have you gotten to do everything you wanted to do, see everyone you wanted to see? I think so. I mean, because you're seeing me now, so... Now it's complete. Now it's perfect. What else basically, is it in Vegas now. Exactly. So on Monday we were able to spend a whole day with our with um, my side of the family. So all my brothers Very and nice. sisters and Very nice. uh, nieces and nephews. Besides Josh and Josh, uh, I'm not sorry. Besides and Faith. Faith and John because mm-hmm. they're in North Carolina. Uh, North Carolina. Um, and before that, we were able to go. Um, and, oh, and it was really fun. We went to. Um, we went on Monday night. We went to. Um, not flipping out. What's that place called? Gravity. Gravity. And that was so cool. I've never been uh-huh. to any place like that. I loved it. Josh really liked it too. It was it was super fun. Yes. Um, and then the we also went to or on before Monday, Josh's sister Kylie was able to come out and spend some time. So it was nice because we both got family time. Mm-hmm. And then on Sunday. Um, we just took the whole day as a date day. So we went to church. We went to my oh, brother's churches. My brother, Joshua's Southern church, Hills. Southern uh-huh. Hills. And then um, after that, we went to Container Park and we had fun and did all kinds of fun things. Then went down Fremont Street. It's a little sketchy down there. <laughs> well, some scary things. Don't recommend taking the kiddos. <laughs> yes. Yes. But Container Park is family friendly. The only thing that I think I would go down to Fremont Street for is possibly, that's where they have the zip line, right? They Over have the top. zip line. I've never done it, but it does look kind of fun. It's $45. That's why I didn't do it. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. pretty expensive. But well, if, if you go before four, before six, it's $40. It's mm. $40 for the long run and $20 for the shorter run. And I think the shorty, shorter run probably wouldn't be even worth it. Yeah. Yeah. So. Okay. Well, since I have you here and I have to ask you something serious or people will be like, why did you have hope on the radio? Because we love her. That's right. You think I'm fun? I think you're handsome. (laughs) You want to kiss? Not on the radio. Okay. Um, Tell us, give us some of your newlywed wisdom. (laughs) (laughs) What have you, what have you learned in the past? How long have you been married now? Six six months. Six months? Six years? Something like that? Okay. (laughs) Six years. That means we're going to have an awesome anniversary. 
We skipped the fifth year anniversary. Oh what did you get me? Every second, third, and fourth. <laughs> <laughs> um, so tell us, what have you learned? I have learned that it is amazing how wonderful my husband is. He mm. is just so very kind. He's such a good man. Um, I love that he... I love listening to him just talk about the Bible and reading the Bible to me, praying in the morning before he heads to work or I head to work and then praying at night before we fall asleep. Things like that, they're just very, I don't know, it's just in your mind you have a picture, but whenever it's reality, it's even better, if that makes sense. That um, does make sense. I, I've i learned that hunting is a lot of fun, <laughs> um, but whenever you are carrying a deer back three miles... And you, you don't gut it first. Well, no, we gutted it. But when you're carrying the deer back three miles and you don't have a what's that thing called? A wagon cart. A wagon or a cart to pull the deer on, and you're literally just dragging the deer for three miles. That is very hard to do. <laughs> I only, <laughs> I I did it for like ten minutes, and then Josh did it for like four hours, three hours, two hours. How long was it? I think it was about three hours. It really was a long time, wow. and yes. it was it was it was cold, but it wasn't freezing. Hmm. Really, it was that's it was, a plus. But the fact that we were dragging that thing, we, if it was hot, it would have been even worse. <laughs> but yes. it was fun. It was a memory because now we can look at the back at that time when we we're like, remember when we forgot the cart and we dragged the deer back <laughs> three miles? It was a fun. It was a fun time. I love duck hunting. Duck mm-hmm. hunting is my probably my favorite, mostly because we. Freedom loves it also. Yeah. Because um, he, he's a black lab and yeah. that's what he, God made him to do. Yeah. Josh has trained him. Like Josh's patience with freedom is above. Your above, level is of above patience? par mean even better than like normal? Yes. Okay. So he's above par. Technically it would be below par, but. Okay. So he's the best. <laughs> yes. So his patience with freedom is amazing. <laughs> he, um, he has helped freedom. He Freedom knows exactly what to do whenever it comes to going and hunting. And he's only eight months old. Um, so this whole season of duck hunting was literally just practice, trial and error, yeah. and trying to get him to not be scared of guns, not be scared of, you know, random stuff. And he loves it. Like, he is so ready to go out. Anytime it's time to go, he is, he's like, hey, take me. I'm ready. Let's go. Um, <laughs> and I like duck hunting because... To me, it's a little bit easier and a little bit more action, I think, than deer hunting. You don't have to be as quiet. Yeah, you don't have to be as quiet. Or just sit and wait for hours and hours and hours. Well, when we deer hunt, we tend to walk. Oh, you walk? Yeah. We tend to actually, like, scout it out and try to find them Hmm. and stuff. Hmm. So I I bow hunt for deer. I haven't gotten anything yet. Yes. Um, Mostly because they haven't been close enough. (laughs) So (laughs) my range is about, what, 40 yards? Around around thirty to forty yards, like twenty. That's what that (laughs) face looks like. (laughs) About twenty to thirty yards, maybe. I don't know. It's not very. My range is not very far. But then, whenever you're shooting with a gun, you can be like a hundred yards away. The one that when the how far was the one that you dropped? It was like seventy five, and it was, it was really cool. It was very cool. He shot it just one time with a bullet, gone, dropped down. There's our meat for the next. All through Next winter. five years. Next five years. <laughs> so that's a that's that's fun. What about you? Awesome. What have you learned? 
to be patient. Be patient. It's true. Sometimes I can be crazy, and he is very patient and loving. I lived with two sisters, but I never knew how how long it actually took to get ready. <laughs> and how much makeup it actually takes to get ready. It's true. But there's a lot of times where I don't wear makeup. Yes. Josh actually is very... So, I have been watching... I usually haven't worn a lot of makeup, but I've been watching a lot of contouring videos. You know, like the ones on Facebook and stuff. Uh-huh. Have you seen the one where the dad did the... Uh, the over... Cast he, the over voice for he the voiced contract? over his, no. his, this uh, one girl doing this makeup. No, oh, it's funny. so funny. The girl's like probably twelve or thirteen, and he's like, "My dad bought me all this stuff." Yes, you see this brush? Way too expensive. <laughs> <laughs> it's really, really funny. Um, but I've been watching all this contouring stuff. Mm-hmm. So uh, for Christmas, Josh got me a whole bunch of really fun makeup to try with. So. Now, whenever he's like, hey, we're going to go, we're going to go do this. And if it's somewhat fancy, like just somewhat (laughs) fancy, like for church or something, like anything that I can wear makeup for, I'm like, okay, tell me about an hour before. (laughs) Now I'm trying to do everything. And it's really fun. Like, I I love it. It's so much fun. And she always walks out beautiful. So it's all worth it. Aw. Awesome. All right. Well, guys, I have to go to a break, but it was fun having you back. We miss you. We're glad that you came to visit us. Oh, thank you. I think it's over, but yes, same to you. Okay. Yes. So happy Wednesday. Mm -hmm. So, (laughs) I. All right. Goodbye, Josh and Hope. This was good having you here. Hope you have a safe trip back to the winters in North Dakota. If anybody's listening and you would like to visit us in North Dakota, Mm -hmm. you are welcome to visit us. We would love for you to come and experience. The cold. <laughs> when it's like 120 here, it'll be the the temperature you feel outside right now. That's what will be up in North Dakota. So whenever it's 120 and you want to say, oh, I want to, I want yes. it to be nice and cool. Come yes. visit us in North Dakota. We'll do. All right, we'll be back in just a minute. Don't go away. Bye. That's Jason Gray with with every act of love. We have run out of time for the show today. Fret not, dear peoples who listen. You can keep listening on iTunes or SoundCloud. Just search The Frittle Show. And if you have iTunes, you can go subscribe so that every time there's a new podcast, it will come directly to whatever is your favorite device that you use iTunes on. You don't even have to do anything. It's just be there. And you can hit play anytime you want and listen. It's fantastic. I know. Or you can listen online to us 24 hours a day. Not me personally, but our programming is on 24 hours a day at kvxl101.com. Great preaching all day long at kvxl101.com. Or, of course, here in Las Vegas, you're listening to 101.1 FM. Join us for church tonight at 6501 West Lake Main Boulevard. We'd love to have you here at Liberty. Stuff for the whole family starts at 7 p.m. All right. So I promised you that we would be doing um, that I would play highlights from some of my favorite inaugural addresses leading up to uh, President-elect Trump's inauguration. So that is what we are going to end with today. This is, of course, my all-time fave of those we have recorded. Now, President Washington's inaugural address, President Lincoln, like there's some really good ones, but I don't have audio of them. So I'm going to go with the ones that I have audio of. And today we're going to go with President Ronald Reagan. These are highlights from his first inaugural address. Have a great day, everyone. We'll see you back here, same time, same place, tomorrow. Let us take inventory. We 
are a nation that has a government, not the other way around. Our government has no power except that granted it by the people. It is time to check and reverse the growth of government, which shows signs of having grown beyond the consent of the governed. It is my intention to curb the size and influence of the federal establishment and to demand recognition of the distinction between the powers granted to the federal government and those reserved to the states or to the people. All of us, all of us need to be reminded that the federal government did not create the states. The states created the federal government. It is no coincidence that our present troubles parallel and are proportionate to the intervention and intrusion in our lives that result from unnecessary and excessive growth of government. It is time to reawaken this industrial giant to get government back within its means and to lighten our punitive tax burden. And these will be our first priorities and on these principles there will be no compromise. <laughs> Idle industries have cast workers into unemployment, human misery and personal indignity. Those who do work are denied a fair return for their labor by a tax system which penalizes successful achievement and keeps us from maintaining full productivity. But great as our tax burden is, it has not kept pace with public spending. For decades, we have piled deficit upon deficit, mortgaging our future and our children's future for the temporary convenience of the present. To continue this long trend is to guarantee tremendous social, cultural, political, and economic upheavals. You and I, as individuals, can, by borrowing, live beyond our means, but for only a limited period of time. Why then should we think that collectively, as a nation, we're not bound by that same limitation? We must act today in order to preserve tomorrow, to do whatever needs to be done to preserve this last and greatest bastion of freedom. In this present crisis, government is not the solution to our problem. Government is the problem. From time to time, we've been tempted to believe that society has become too complex to be managed by self-rule, that government by an elite group is superior to government for, by, and of the people. Well, if no one among us is capable of governing himself, then who among us has the capacity to govern someone else? All of us together, in and out of government, must bear the burden. The solutions we seek must be equitable with no one group singled out to pay a higher price. We hear much of special interest groups. Well, our concern must be for a special interest group that has been too long neglected. It knows no sectional boundaries or ethnic and racial divisions, and it crosses political party lines. 
It is made up of men and women who raise our food, patrol our streets, man our mines and factories, teach our children, keep our homes, and heal us when we're sick. Professionals, industrialists, shopkeepers, clerks, cabbies, and truck drivers. They are, in short, we the people. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. Under one such marker lies a young man, Martin Treptow, who left his job in a small town barber shop in 1917 to go to France with the famed Rainbow Division. There on the Western Front, he was killed trying to carry a message between battalions under heavy artillery fire. We're told that on his body was found a diary. On the flyleaf, under the heading, My Pledge, he had written these words. America must win this war. Therefore, I will work, I will save, I will sacrifice, I will endure. I will fight cheerfully and do my utmost as if the issue of the whole struggle depended on me alone. The crisis we are facing today does not require of us the kind of sacrifice that Martin Treptow and so many thousands of others were called upon to make. It does require, however, our best effort and our willingness to believe in ourselves and to believe in our capacity to perform great deeds, to believe that together, with God's help, we can and will resolve the problems which now confront us. And after all, why shouldn't we believe that? We are Americans. God bless you and thank you. Thank you very much. You're listening to KDXL LP. Experience Liberty Radio in Las Vegas on 101.1 FM.